0: Welcome back to Mince Edge's From the Edge. I am Jeremy Glazer, the co-chair of the mints Venture Capital and Emerging Company Practice. mints is a nationally leading law firm focused on helping emerging growth companies achieve success. Check us out at minceedge.com. I am pleased to welcome Eric Schnell, the founder of Crater. Crater is revolutionizing the Department of Defense supply chain by making the first exponentially 3D printer which is a rugged, portable system that can fabricate military-grade parts from metals, plastics, and components, composites rather, all on a single platform. Crater recently won first place in the UC San Diego Basement Accelerators Triton Entrepreneur Night Pitch Competition. Congratulations, Eric, that's really exciting. We're really glad Good to have you. Welcome. Good to be here. Wonderful. <laughs> Uh, on today's podcast, Eric will discuss how he started and built Crater and the role that the UC San Diego Basement Accelerator Program played in their success. So, Eric, why don't we just kick off with just, you know, why did you start Crater? Sure. Easy enough question, right? So, Crater
1: was uh, built from a need, I guess you'd say. Um, we initially, our founding team were... All makers, to some extent. We are all out of UC San Diego. We all worked out of uh, the Maker Studio there, Vision Maker Studio. We just loved building stuff, specifically three d printers. And it was one of those small little projects that we were building that caught the eye of um, a who would later become our mentor, a veteran of the u s. Marine Corps um, who had known a lot of groups out of Camp Pendleton down here in uh, San Diego and uh, knew kind of some issues that they were having regarding supply chain and integrating new technologies like additive manufacturing. So he introduced us, we went up there and we kind of saw what was happening there, what was going on. Um, And for a little bit, we operated as what I guess you'd call strategic technical advisors um, and providing information and resources and connections for additive manufacturing, both to, academia, uh, between academia and defense, but also in the consumer market. So 3D printing shops for them to be able to manufacture parts that they needed. But really what we realized is that they were working around limitations of 3D printing. 3D printing wasn't working for them essentially. Um, and so they had a couple 3D printers um, and they'd seen just how well 3D printing had impacted the consumer market and how it's revolutionizing. Uh, the consumer market but it just wasn't working for them and the reason being is they have a much less controllable environment um, and they have to be able to take these things into the field and rely on them not to break down every every day essentially and that just wasn't happening which is why they were reaching out to these added manufacturing shops and which is why they were building these solutions around the 3d printers instead of really building it from the ground up And that's where we came with this idea of Crater, taking a 3D printer and building it from the ground up to be rugged, portable, and intelligent, and be able to adapt to its environment. So that it's a printer built for the Marine Corps, built for our armed forces, as opposed to the armed forces trying to work around what is currently available off the shelf.
0: So I'm just curious, what was your background that you you and your team felt like you could tackle this very like a very complicated uh, project?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, when it comes down to it, none of us had built a 3D printer for the military before, <laughs> but we had a, a experience in building 3D printers. I've personally built a bunch of them because it's for me, it's fun. Um, and so it's some of my co-founders. Um, and uh, these are more for our own use. Um, And we've also uh, done research and robotics, uh, some of our team um, in more of the software machine learning side, Uh, and from there we we have, I guess you'd say, the fundamental technical skills um, that gave us insight into the problem and how the solution might look like. We are still mostly students out of UC San Diego. Some of us have now graduated since, since then. And from there, it has really been our experience directly with the Marine Corps and with other units that has given us the experience to feel confident to find the solution. Because we've been so integrated with the problem, we believe that through being tight-knit with these groups, we have developed a base to be able to understand exactly what the solution might look like and how we might build that. Um, and of course, we're still, we're still young. We don't have a whole lot of experience in the defense market. So we've brought on tons of advisors that can provide guidance. Um, people like uh, Jenny Lawton, who's the former CEO of MakerBot, um, and uh, many other who are veterans of the Marine Corps and other service branches, who know also CEOs and entrepreneurs in their own right, um, and uh, including um, multiple, multiple different uh, names, faces, to provide that guidance, right? So uh, we're covering our weaknesses and uh, being able to build out this solution and be able to make the best possible solution uh, for our stakeholders.
0: Well, that's interesting. That kind of you know raises the question. So as students, how did you go about building a team? How did you go about getting the resources you needed to you know work on this project to be able to you know build uh, you know uh, demos, et cetera. That's still an ongoing, uh, (laughs) I guess,
1: solution that we're working on Um, and it's something that we address kind of day to day um, when it comes to uh, getting the resources we need. As for building the team, I would say that's the easier part. Um, There's being in the community at UC San Diego, um, I'm surrounded by incredibly competent individuals, far more competent than I, I believe, um, who uh, are really skilled in their fields and really kind of there's a reason that they're there and they're very passionate um, and they want to be able to provide some kind of good or develop something out of their uh, skills that they've learned both at UCSD and beyond. It's just about finding them in that community, which I've been lucky enough to be in organizations or be uh, connected to groups that have put me in contact with these people. So when it came to building our team, initially there was two of us and we pretty quickly made it five of us just through our network of people that we knew who might be interested and who kind of fit the needs that we're looking for. So surrounding yourself beforehand with people that are passionate and uh, capable uh, in their own respective uh, fields was kind of the key for us. We already knew that, oh, I need a software guy. I know exactly who to ask. But sometimes that isn't always the case. So if you're in these communities, you can talk to somebody to kind of bring in like, hey, who do you know? Uh, do you know anybody who's in really like top tier uh machine learning guy? Um, and uh, bring them on essentially and or talk to them, see if they're a good fit, bring them on. As for other resources, like um, bringing on capital and uh, like equipment and space, um, We being at UCSD, once again, we're very lucky, not everyone is as lucky as us when it comes to actually having a lot of resources that we can leverage as students. For example, the basement accelerator program um, that provides us space, mentorship, and a little bit of funding to uh, start building the initial prototype. Um, And from there, uh, there's other programs like IGE, Institute for Global Entrepreneur on campus. And plenty more that we're able to leverage um, and to help kind of give us a little bit of that initial bump and uh, get us started. Of course, we're a hardware startup. Hardware is expensive and complicated. So the little bit on the front gets us that first step, but uh, it's definitely something that we're continuously looking for resources for just to build out prototypes and demos uh, because not cheap building precision hardware that's designed to be rugged and uh, operated
0: in defense. <laughs> I'm sure not, I'm sure not. So so how have you gone about raising money? It sounds like you've gotten, with these grants through The Basement and these other organizations, or were these, were these investments, have you taken investments from anybody to date? Yeah,
1: yeah, so mostly grants. So no investments uh, thus far, and that's mostly due to the fact that we're still early, we're hardware, we're defense, there's long lead times. And we're still um, in development, essentially, of our initial MVP. This it takes a long time to do. <laughs> but we've sure. had grants through Basement first and foremost, through the NSF i through IGE at UCSD, um, through uh, Blackstone Launchpad Lift program powered by Techstars. Um, we've uh, also received some money through uh, pitch competitions, uh, sponsorship and support. Founders Live here in uh, the San Diego chapter. We won through there and uh, received some support through that program. Um, We did uh, Entrepreneurs Organizations, GSEA, um, which we won the local chapter, went to nationals, but they provided us some support through there. Um, And then also, as you mentioned at the start, uh, China Entrepreneur Night, which is kind of our our local community uh, UCSD pitch night. Um, in which we also won some support through there by winning first place so it's been mostly through competitions through grants that we've been able to build out some of these initial kind of demos subsystem testing stuff like that but of course uh, hardware is expensive so we're always on the lookout for either potential investments or other grant opportunities and right now we're in the early stage process of formalizing some relationships with the marine corps that may lead to some opportunities down the road but we have to see don't count our chickens before they hatch right
0: (laughs) absolutely so for the benefit of our listeners how did you identify all i mean it sounds like there were a number of different organizations that you were in contact with that you got grants from that you were in competitions with how did you identify these what would you recommend someone in your shoes thinking oh my gosh there's just i don't even know where to start how do i find these organizations how do i get along with these organizations yeah yeah so
1: well as i mentioned we're lucky we're in ucsd one of the top innovation schools uh in the united states uh, well in the world almost (laughs) and so we're connected to a lot of these awesome resources but you don't have to be connected to uh, a school like that um, or even be in school, to be able to leverage resources and opportunities. There's plenty of incubators, accelerators, um, just about in every city uh, and within definitely driving range if you're uh, within the United States, uh, for resources to connect to. And it can be even just an email list, right? You don't need to in this day and age, especially with um, the pandemic, almost everything is moved online. So, you can get connected to these resources Um, And as I mentioned, email lists, the way that we got connected to a lot of these programs is through the Basement Accelerator's email list. Just, hey, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on, and just putting your name out there, applying to everything, even if it isn't exactly a good fit. Just getting your name out there, getting into these different programs, getting connected to as much as possible, showing up when you can, um, and participating in as much as possible has provided us with these opportunities. Most of the time, for example, the EOGSEA competition that we uh, participated in that we won in San Diego, I didn't even hear about that except for through our connection at Founders Live, which was another competition we went to. So, these are, everyone is connected together. Everybody uh, talks and everybody has uh, their own thing going on and they'll say, hey, what about this? Or have you tried this? Or I know this person who would be a good fit for your competition or your program or something like that. And word of mouth, I mean, is king when it comes to entrepreneurship and when it comes to starting a a startup. So I definitely recommend getting your name out there, getting on those email lists, getting into these programs, just start from the ground up and start building that web of connections there.
0: So you mentioned that you came into contact with a lot of these resources through the basement. I'd be curious, maybe you can talk a little bit about the role the basement has played in your success, from whether it was you know, providing access to financing or or talent or advisors you had mentioned earlier. Yeah. So the basement, as we've
1: grown, um, and we're still very early, still growing. So I don't want, I don't want to give uh, make it sound like we, <laughs> we're there yet. Um, But uh, as we have grown through that, there's different kind of stages, um, both in personal development as uh, our team, um, as individuals learning about how to build a company, how to grow the company, how to work together in kind of this space, um, but also uh, more general topics of uh, kind of company focused um, goals and objectives and learning. So first and foremost, the basement offered us kind of initial initial funding, a little bit of capital to be able to do testing, a little bit of research and build out some of our systems to start uh, building out what would eventually be a demo unit. From there, they also offered us education and mentorship. In fact, I would say that that has been one of the most crucial offerings that they have given us so far, connections to uh, a lot of our advisors that are currently on our team and in fact, indirect connections to some of those advisors as well. Uh, Connections to other programs, Blackstone Launchpad, Lift, powered by Techstars was done through the basement. So that was another boost of capital that we got and also advisor support through the Techstars network. um, Some that are currently on our advisory board today. And so mentorship, education and connection has definitely been the biggest influence they have had on our team. And beyond that, up until pandemic shut down campus they were also providing us space and also connection to tools and equipment
0: on down, down in that space it's actually very interesting i love the fact that they call it the basement because it is literally in the basement
1: <laughs> there's some windows up at the top but uh <laughs> it, it is uh it is literally uh underground and we've got everything from spaces like communal spaces for working and uh, PCs, desktops, stuff like that, to 3D printers, hand tools, uh, uh, more of the kind of hardware focused stuff, which is really good for us, given that we're a hardware startup, Uh, it's hard for us to find the resources to build out these demo units and testing uh, units um, and subsystems, for example, our boards and all that, even just finding a soldering iron can be difficult because on campus at uh, UC uh, you if you are using UC resources you are potentially um, giving up some of your IP to the University and given that we're totally separated uh, from the University when it comes to our own IP the basement actually offers an IP free zone which means that you can fully work in it uh, without having to worry about uh, given up basically a chunk of your company right off the bat. But some people do do that. Some people choose to do that, to go through, like, either they've taken stuff out of labs at UCSD, or they choose to do that to kind of work in collaboration with UCSD, uh, to build, to build the company. Um, and sometimes that's right for some groups, sometimes not for others, but the basement offers a, basically a choice in that matter, um, which is definitely uh, incredibly
0: valuable to most of the uh, teams down there. I'm fascinated about the resources that you had for a hardware company. I mean, we all hear so much about, you know, software companies all being built on, on campuses and, you know, incubators and accelerators on campuses helping out with those types of pro- uh, programs. But hardware, that's fascinating. Was all the material already there? Were they already supporting other hardware companies? Or were these things that were added because of requests that you made? a lot of the tooling that we
1: used was already there so um due to other hardware uh, startups that have uh, kind of gone through there we we're kind of one of the major ones at the time uh when it came to actual hardware that we're definitely not the only one i think we're just the biggest not the biggest team but the biggest physical hardware unit that we're building <laughs> And uh, but there's a lot of over the years, they kind of built out this stuff from requests. We've made requests before, um, and that's kind of where they've gotten this collection of tooling uh, that can be used for different resources from electronics uh, to more mechanical design. Uh, but there's tons of other resources on campus, and I know that there has been discussions in potentially getting access to those for uh some of the for the entrepreneur community uh, on campus i got the innovation community as they called it so i hopefully that'll just continue to grow um, especially as ucsd person introduced their design building and starts the basement will no longer be well it'll partially be in the basement but now it'll also uh, have another facility starting in about uh hopefully within the next year or so so whether that directly transfers to everybody who might be listening, there are facilities in plenty of different places that are available and maker studios and uh, resources, whether you're building a software startup or a hardware startup. Uh, Hardware, while it may be expensive, maybe a little bit more difficult to get the resources, you can get the resources uh, to build it. And if you've got an idea that
0: really is feasible and people like, They'll, they'll support you however you need it. So as we're wrapping up, just looking back of all the things that you've been through from the moment of conception to building the ideas and to getting to this wonderful success of winning the pitch competition. Looking back, what what do you what would you tell a future entrepreneur, someone out there listening who's thinking about doing this? What would you tell them to be really aware of? You know whether it's a, you know a mistake to avoid or some opportunity to pursue. What would be your, your kind of best advice to them in light of your experiences? Uh,
1: first and foremost, I tell them to do it because one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen, especially among even my peers, um, is that there are the people who say they want to be entrepreneurs and then there are the people who are doing it right now. And the only difference is that the people who want to be entrepreneurs are waiting for the right time. And the right time is now, even during, we're in the middle of the pandemic. And I know that I've talked to a couple of friends who are like, you know, it's not the best time. Maybe I'll wait until the economy is stabilized a bit more until we can kind of go outside. And my response would be, you've got online classes and you can connect to anybody virtually in the world right now. Why don't you start right now? And it, it looks like this big mountain that you have to climb. but and when I first started, that was the exact same way. In fact, it still looks like a big mountain. <laughs> but just starting and taking those initial steps, is you realize that it's a lot easier to kind of moderate and take those steps as you go, right? Uh, all you need to do is take that first step. And if you say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, there's really no reason for you not to start now. That's one of the biggest, Uh, mistakes I see is the difference between somebody who's currently doing it
0: um, and who wants to do it. You can always find a reason uh, always find a reason to to say well maybe not now you know maybe after next semester or maybe next year or maybe when the financing sources are better there's always lots of reasons to put put it off I hear you.
1: There's never going to be an absolutely perfect time you just got to choose a time and you got to go for it. I mean I started while I'm in college and I'm still going And at first, I was like thinking that that's going to be a huge issue because uh, I always wanted to get an entrepreneurship. But I was like, maybe I'll finish school first, focus down on my classes. I will say it's not easy building a company and also going to school. However, it is also the least risky time. So if you're a student, uh, you you have uh, stability in some sort of way. You normally. don't have to worry about maybe supporting a family um, or working full time in another job just to get by. As a student, uh, for the most part, this is not this uh, case for everybody, um, but for the most part, you're taking your classes, you've got a place to live, you've got uh, a budget for food. Um, and so you, if your startup fails, you're not going to end up on the street, let's say. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So they don't,
0: they don't only serve ramen at UCSD, you actually get real food?
1: From time to time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought all you entrepreneurs live on ramen. I guess that's the beauty of being it while you're in school. Hopefully you're not only eating ramen. Sometimes it's actually
1: less of the, the cost being an issue and more of, I don't have time, let's just make something
0: as fast as possible. <laughs> sure, sure, I love it. Well, Eric, I got to thank you so much for, being us. this was really great. It's just wonderful to hear about um, this project you've undertaken, about how the UCSD basement program and the entire entrepreneurial community has really come around you and supported you, um, just really, really impressive and uh, wish you nothing but the best uh, going forward uh, with building this company and hopefully, uh, you know, parlaying that into some other wonderful ideas after that. Hopefully, it's, it's only the first of many entrepreneurial pursuits for you, Eric.
1: Thank you very much for, for having me, and it's been an absolute joy, and I look forward to sharing our progress with you and your community uh, as we as we move forward
0: and tackle this. Oh, wonderful. Thanks, thanks again for joining us, and to our listeners, thanks again for joining us on this edition of From the Edge.